Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. I spend time with Jesus in the Bible in the morning and prayer, and then during the day. So I'm paying attention to my connection to Jesus. I'm paying attention to my connection to the Word of God. To learn about the Word of God, I have to have a connection to a local church. That's what you're doing sitting here. And then we learn that isn't enough. We don't become disciples by ourselves. We have to be connected to other people. Now, from all of these connections, those four, God makes us fruitful so that we can make an eternal difference in our world. You know, even though we have to deal with people on a daily basis, there are times when you're kind of tired of the people around you, right? Even the people that you love and care deeply for sometimes get on your nerves. And it's just the same with your other family, your Christian brothers and sisters. Pastor Mark will be teaching that those sometimes annoying spiritual siblings are a crucial part of your growth as a Christ follower. You'll be hearing about God's original intent for you as a human and his new plan to use other people to make you useful for his kingdom. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Acts chapter 16 as he begins his message, Displaying and Distributing the Fruit. You can turn to John chapter 15. Now, we challenge you with a couple things. We challenge you not to do life alone, to get into a small group. Hundreds of you took literature. More than 100, I think, already signed up for a small group. So thank you so much. Also, we challenge you that we're in a series, just trusting God with ties. 10% off the top to God. God says he will absolutely allow you to do more with the 90% than the 100% if you don't give. So trust him, prove it, you're doing good, just get on it, follow it through, and at the end you'll be shocked and wish you'd have done it your whole life. Now, what I'm going to do is take a little summary of where we've been, because we've covered a lot in this series called Win Disciples Sin. We're not through because God's been speaking to us. Let me remind you of the two things from the Great Commission that we're learning. First thing you want to write is just to remind you. We're in this series to learn two things. Number one, how to become disciples of Jesus ourselves. Now, we're not disciples of Mark Balmer or a person. We're disciples of Jesus. We're learners under discipline, learning how Jesus did life. But the second thing is, we're in the process, and now this second half that we'll get into is how we then turn around and help other people become disciples of Jesus. You see, the sequence doesn't stop with you. 
Jesus didn't call you just to salvation, a little ticket to heaven. No, he called you to learn to think like him and be like him and minister like him. And that ministering is to learn how to make disciples of other people. Now, to do that, we've begun some things in the book of John specifically. In John 15, would you look at verse 16? Notice what Jesus said to his disciples. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And you can put your name in there. I chose you, Mark. I appointed you, Mark, to go and bear fruit. Now look at this next little section. Fruit that will last. So God chose every one of us to salvation then to discipleship, and then to fruitfulness. Notice, fruit that will last. The only thing that will outlast this world is people. So this is really a challenge for us to make disciples, because the only thing that's going to last is a person that becomes a Christian and then rolls into becoming a disciple. Now, before you can become a disciple, you have to be saved. So there's a step first before that discipleship process begins. Now, we know the heart of Jesus. Notice Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man, Jesus, came to seek. Not just sit in your easy chair, not just come to church, but to go out and seek and then save, get those people changed in their life who are what? Say it with me. Who are, who are lost. You see, every single person in the world is born lost. They're separated from God because of their sin. So what Jesus is saying is lost people matter to God. Why? Because there's a real heaven and there's a real hell. Now, we learned four kind of connections. We learned that once you and I have a relationship with God, which is that first connection to be connected to Jesus, then we become these branches in this spiritual vine. And this, as you look at it, is a picture of how you live and how you grow and how you become productive, fruitful. In other words, how in the world we do it, you can see how we do it. We depend on Jesus. We depend on God. Now, the key to that is sticky. We've used that word sticky in there to those connections because that means that I'm watching out for my relationship with God. I think about my relationship with God. I spend time with Jesus in the Bible in the morning and prayer, and then during the day. So I'm paying attention to my connection to Jesus. I'm paying attention to my connection to the Word of God. To learn about the Word of God, I have to have a connection to a local church. That's what you're doing sitting here. And then we learn that isn't enough. We don't become disciples by ourselves. We have to be connected to other people. Now, from all of these connections, those four, God makes us fruitful so that we can make an eternal difference in our world. Now, this fruit, we'll take a look at it, and I want to remind you of it quickly, because in a moment, we're going to go through 
a whole series, three different episodes, and we're going to see fruit. Now, once you and I are connected to God and to the Word and a church and to other Christians, then God produces fruit in us. Bold witness, godly character, the fruit of the Spirit, good works. Ephesians 2 says, God already decided the good works ahead of time for you and I. Then there's going to be this thing called authentic praise. That's just awesome. And then what we've been talking about is generous giving. You saw all those things in the life of Jesus over and over and over again. So that's why we're disciples of Jesus. Let me say some things to you. When you see five kinds of fruit, and then you think of four kinds of connections, pretty soon we go like, this is too hard. I thought the Christian life was like supposed to be easy. This is ridiculous. See, we don't bear fruit by trying harder. We don't bear fruit by struggling. We don't have this checkoff list of four connections. Bump, 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 bump. Five fruit. Bump, 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 bump. Every day, get up in the morning, you have nine things to check off. Pretty soon you want to just give up because you have your own list of other stuff that you have to do. So that's not it at all. Here's what I want you to write today. I know it's going to sound funny to you, but I took it out and then I put it back because you got to do this. Here it is. First thing I want to do, relax. Relax. So before we write anything, let's just all take a deep breath right now. You feel better? Well, only if you tell me, Pastor Mario, it's going to get easier after these nine things you're talking about here. It is. All right. Here we, here's what you want to write. As we're doing life, as we're just doing life, normal life, God directs us, and then he opens doors for us, and then he empowers us. You see, it isn't us doing it, it's us being available so God can work through us, so God can work through us. So don't worry about struggling, don't try harder Just keep your connections sticky, and out of that, God just flows with the Spirit, and He directs our lives, He opens doors, and He empowers us to do whatever He puts in front of us. Now, turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 16, and we're going to see four disciples, and we're going to watch them do life. And they're simply going to do life with God, like I just told you. And we're going to see Paul and Silas and Mark and the writer of the book of Acts, Dr. Luke. And we're going to, as we go through, and you'll probably identify more than I did. I don't have time to identify all of them. It would be good for you. We're going to start in verse 12. For you tomorrow or this week to go through it again and see if you can see some more connections, those four connections. See if you can see the fruit, those five different kinds of fruit in the story. I'll try to point out some of the connections and some of the fruit. Now, we're going to see them directed by God to three lost people. Three different lost people in these verses. Someone has said this so aptly. I know Perry Noble said it. I don't know what came from him or not. But I want you to write it down. And we're going to say this a lot of times. So write this down. Found P. 
people find people. Don't you like it? I like it. Why? Because it's simple. Found people. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower, are any of you Christians? Can I see your hand? Okay, what are you? Keep your hand up. What are you? You're a found person. So if you're a found person, what is your responsibility? Pastor Mark, that must be from Calvary Chapel. No, it's not from Calvary Chapel. I already told you, we're a disciple of who? Jesus. What did Jesus say? I came to seek and save that which was lost. Came to seek. So found people find lost people. That's what you're going to see. And that's one of the fruit of the Spirit. Bull witness. Now, we begin in verse 12. From there, circle this first word, we. What do we see? We see these four disciples. They're not doing life alone. They're connected to others. They're going to do this trip. Notice, as they go through, Paul and Silas and Mark and Luke, as they go through, they're going to do it connected to others. I connected. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and a leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. Now, this is their first trip into Europe. Paul wanted to go somewhere else, but God twice stopped him. And directed him here. So they obeyed God, and here they are. Now look at verse 13. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river. Down by the riverside. Got it? Kind of get in the mood with it. Come on, here we go. Come on, let's go. Down by the riverside. Now, why would they go down by the riverside? Because they're fishermen. Spiritual fishermen. What you're going to discover is, when they moved into this town, there was no Jewish synagogue. Mostly Romans and Greeks, pagans, no Jewish synagogue. In a town where it wasn't the main religion, you had to have 10 men to establish a synagogue. So there was no synagogue. So what they knew from history was if there was no synagogue, people would kind of go by bodies of water, where they could think about God. And they could worship God. So let's read it. You'll see what happens. Watch this. We went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak. Underline that. Begin to speak. See, you just don't find people. You have to open your mouth. And Paul is going to teach these women who had gathered there. Now, interestingly enough, there's no men at all, just women. So these four disciples, one of the things we're to be connected with is what? A church. On the Sabbath, where do they go? They didn't go like, well, there's no church. Praise God, we don't have to go to church today. Well, there's a good game on tonight. I'm not going to church this weekend. We're going to go to the mountains this weekend. No, they went to church. Because that's the thing that Paul knew to be connected to. Now, when they go there, as they get there, they understand that it's just a place of worship and here are some women praying. They really don't know much about it. But Paul probably, as the Spirit leads him, goes, 
Okay, these are religious people, but they're really clueless. So look at what he does in verse 13. He begins speaking. They open their mouth. Verse 14. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was, look at this, a worshiper of God. So she's a Gentile, and she transfers her Gentile pagan faith to Judaism. She becomes a worshiper of the one true God. Amazing. But notice, the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Now, when Paul gets there, and through give and take, he begins to learn that, and who knows how long this took, she probably told him, well, I'm a very well-to-do lady, and I was rich, but these pagan gods were useless, and somebody introduced me to Judaism that there's only one true God, and I just did that, and I've been doing the best I know how to to worship this God, and I'm down here praying, and I have other people with me. Now, the problem was she didn't know that there was more than Judaism. She didn't know there was a Jesus. You'll have lots of people say to you today, well, are you, are you a believer? Well, I'm a believer in God. Well, are you a believer in Jesus? Well, I'm not into the Jesus thing, but I'm a believer in God. Well, the believer in God isn't enough. There's only one way to get saved. A lost person can only get saved if they believe in Jesus. There's no name under heaven by where a man must be saved in the name Jesus. So what's Paul going to do? What do you think Paul's going to do? You think he's going to sing Kumbaya? No, Paul is going to speak. He's going to open his mind. Now let's just stop there for a second. And every one of these services I know are going to be different. I just ask God to help me. And we're just going to travel through this and we'll see what happens. If you're a believer... God opens the door to a person that's a believer in God, but they don't believe in Jesus. How are you going to answer that? See, one of the things you told me is, I don't know how to witness. Well, how are you going to answer that? You ought to be able to look up some verses in your Bible. Very easy. I mean, we have the internet. Lord, help us. Just put in there, how how to introduce a person to Jesus who doesn't believe in God. Paul's going to build a bridge from God to Jesus. How can Paul build a bridge from God to Jesus. What kind of experience did Paul have? Why did God bring Paul to this Gentile Jew worshiper of God who didn't know anything about Jesus? Why did God bring Paul there? You're going to see it in a moment. It's called a personal testimony. See, Paul's going to begin to say to her, well, that's good. I like that. But it's not enough. So the first thing we see in the fruit from Paul is bold witness. He is open in his mouth, and he's going to say to her, I was a worshiper of God until Jesus came to me on the road. In fact, I didn't even believe in this Jesus. My worship, I discovered, was incomplete. So Paul's going to share two things. Here's the first thing I want you to write. Our personal testimony is a powerful witness. Somebody liked it, I guess, whatever. (laughs) So understand what that means. One of the greatest things you can do 
to a person who observes that your life is different is say to them, here's how I got where I am. Here's how I got there. Now, here's the great thing about a personal testimony. You can't get it wrong. Amen? You can't get it wrong. It's your testimony. I can't. No, it's your testimony. So what would Paul have done? Gone through Acts chapter 9. He would have shared all of these things. Now, here's the second thing. Then he's going to present to her the gospel. The gospel then is a powerful witness. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So here's one that you need to understand. Romans 1.16. For I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. Paul wrote this. It's the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. We're going to see three different kinds of people. And everyone that believes are going to become believers. It's open to them. The Jew first. Of course, that's what Paul did, and then to the Gentile. So what is the gospel? It's simply good news that man who is lost, women who are lost, dead in their sins, any of them can experience the forgiveness of God and the guarantee of heaven simply by repenting of their sins and believing on Jesus Christ. So Paul would have told them about Jesus. Now, understand what I just said to you. Anyone can become a believer. You're going to see three different groups of people. You're going to actually see a rich person who's a believer in God. Then you're going to see two other kinds of people, which kind of give us a broad spectrum of who can come. But anybody can come to Jesus. Now, a person who says, I'm good enough, can't come. There's nobody that can be good enough. And here's the other side. There's nobody that's bad enough that they can't come. So both. So notice... First thing Paul does, he shares his testimony, then he shares the gospel. You need Jesus Christ. And we don't know all the things he went into, but I'm sure he did. Well, that's all that we're responsible for. You say, well, Pastor Mark, what happens then? What if the person doesn't accept Christ? So, all I can do is do what I can do. So the next part you see in that verse is what God does. Look at it. Verse 14, the Lord then opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. See, once we do our thing, God does his thing. In response to Paul's bold witness, God opened her heart to salvation. Here's the first thing I want you to write in this individual. Three people that you're going to see. Number one, a God-fearing lost religious woman. That's who she was, a God-fearing, lost, religious woman finds Jesus and is saved. Found people, find people. Say it with me. Found people, find people. That's exactly what Paul did. Thanks for joining Pastor Mark today on Lessons for Living. If you'd like to hear more from this study, you can find additional teachings online now at calvaryccm.com. We know that this time in our world is uncertain, but one truth remains steadfast. God is in control. During this season, we encourage you to spend time in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of your Creator. As with many churches across our nation, Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne community are holding church online. The church isn't the building, it's the people. 
who despite whatever obstacles are in their way, they still worship Jesus and praise his name. We'd love for you to join us. Visit calvaryccm.com slash live or join us over on Facebook, YouTube, or Roku. We'll be having services on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you in this way until we can be gathered together as the body once again. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying about for you? Let us know by visiting our contact page at calvaryccm.com. And would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor Mark and our church staff in your prayers, along with our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. If you feel led to support Lessons for Living financially during this time, we would be very grateful. You can donate online at calvaryccm.com. That's all for today. Join us again for another edition of Lessons for Living.